I want to do that again tonight. This um, I just impressed lately, and uh, this message really, honestly, this is the second time I've preached. I don't always get a chance to preach messages twice, and I guess that's part of the pastor's heart as well, just working through uh, passages and always kind of come up with new and fresh, and I trust that this will be as well. But I just, we are all kind of understand the, the, the day and time in which we live and how much confusion there is in, in regards to information that we're getting and what's true and what's not. Even today on the way home, I had, uh, you know, a, a, our vehicle was half full of uh, giggly girls and, and um, they were talking about these videos that were on, um, uh, on the computer or whatever, I don't know. And uh, I said, what, how do you know, how do you even know that stuff is true, you know? And, uh, but they said, oh yeah, I saw it. That doesn't mean it was true, you know? And, uh, but anyway, I, I just so impressed lately with the need for consistent and trustworthy information, right? And with the craziness in which we are living, and it is, it seems like it's increasingly crazy as days go by, that uh, it is so important, and I've emphasized this over and over again, kind of almost no matter where I am, how it is uh, important for us to filter what is happening in our world through the Word of God and to give us a biblical perspective and an understanding uh, of uh, what is happening all around us. And uh, to, be, uh, it is, uh, to be guided by the Word of God and then the Holy Spirit of God, right, brings understanding and clarity uh, so that we know that God is in control still. And uh, that is true if we look at it through the lens of Scripture. And the Scripture is so, so important. We know some of these verses, Psalm 119, 105, where the Bible says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, right? You know that. And it is. It's a guide that helps us and directs us. Psalm 119, 130 says, The entrance of thy word giveth light. It giveth uh, understanding unto the simple. And I'm a simple guy. Amen. Right? You can say amen there. It's all right, Gath. Go ahead. And uh, it is, it, I, we're simple people. And we need, we need to be guided by the word of, the word of God. And it gives light to the, to the simple. So, uh, 2 Peter 1.19 tells us we have a, sh- a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto ye do well that ye take heed as a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn. And the day star arise in your hearts. So it is dark days. Yes, it is. But it also increases the importance of the Word of God, doesn't it? And so that's really the emphasis of what I want to share tonight. Now, uh, our pastor has been making his way uh, through the pastoral epistles. So I'm, I'm doing something, uh, doing a terrible thing. Because I'm preaching ahead of him in the pastoral epistles. Sorry. But when he comes back to this passage, I'm sure he'll have something to remind us of as well. It will be helpful, and we need this constant reminder. So if you would, take your Bibles and turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Very familiar, I trust very familiar verses that we find in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 15 to 17. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 15 to 17 says, "...and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures." which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. I want us to look at these verses 
with this thought in mind that we must know the Holy Scriptures. Paul knew them. Timothy, he is son in the faith, knew the Scriptures. And I believe today, perhaps more than ever, in our lifetimes, we must know the Holy Scriptures. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you so much for the eternal Word of God that you have given to us. I'm thankful that we have it in our language, in our hands, available to us. And I pray that, Lord, we might, uh, again, perhaps uh, just a reminder, perhaps new to us, I don't know, but certainly, Lord, we need you and we need your word, and you've given us your word to tell us about yourself. And I pray that tonight we might be reminded of these things and the importance of the word of God. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So this uh, is a really very, very simple outline, I trust, easy to follow. And uh, Paul is really, in the context of the letter, we've heard some of that, as he's writing at the end of his life, is kind of his final address to his son in the faith, Timothy, in very difficult and trying times. You know, the difficulty and trying times that we live is nothing new to humanity. <laughs> and uh, it was difficult then, it's difficult today in different ways. But uh, in the difficulty that he is writing in, we know uh, from even the book of 2 Timothy that it would, it would increase, and it has. And it, as it says in, in chapter 3, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. And I, I've mentioned this as well, and either here or there or everywhere, but it is uh, the perilous days in which Paul would write to Timothy, we are now experiencing that. In the last days, last days, and uh, he is writing, and that's the context of what we look at in the importance of the scriptures. We must uh, know the holy scriptures, we must go to the scriptures, and because they are important. Why are they important? Well, I think that we have four things I want to see here this evening of the importance of scripture. It's important, as we see it, in, particularly in verse 15 here, because of the information in which it gives us. Information in regards to salvation, right? That's what verse 15 says. Now it's known the Holy Scriptures, which are able, they're important, they're able to make the wise unto salvation, right? This is where we get the very uh, needful, necessary, important information to know how to be saved, right? That's from the Word of God. You realize there's no other source other than the written word of God for us to know that? Now, there's a lot of things that God gives us to guide us to truth and to bring us to an understanding that there is God. You know, the Bible is the source of information to know about how to be saved. We know that creation shows us the very handiwork of God. We know that God has given us a conscience, right, to, so that we might discern what is right and wrong. But it's the scriptures that tell us how to, be, how to be saved. It's really, when you think about some of it, uh, it tells us about our sin. It's really one of the evidences that it is a God-given book. Verses like Romans 3.10 that say there are none righteous, no, not one. Man wouldn't put that. Right? I mean, if we were to tell somebody about ourselves, we wouldn't tell you how bad we are. We'd tell you how good we are. Are you with me on that? Sure. And to say that there are none righteous, we'd look around and say, well, man, so-and-so, they seem pretty good. But the Bible says, no, there are none righteous. 
It's the Bible says that in Romans 3.23, you know the verses that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So it tells us about our sin, and it tells us the remedy for that as well, right? The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life, right? Through Jesus Christ our Lord. We know, we know these things. It tells us about our sin. It tells us about the Savior and His sacrifice and suffering. We've been uh, studying over in the other building every other week or so, or every two or three weeks, uh, the book and gospel of John. And John chapter 5, verse 39, it says, Search the scriptures, for in them, Jesus said, ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. This is where we learn about Jesus. And even when we share Jesus with others, we're declaring what God has said. It's through the information and what the Bible says. In John 5, 24, it says, Jesus said, Verily, verily, it's a true statement. He emphasizes that truth. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. So it is through the scriptures that we learn about, sal about salvation. And all of these things, Acts 4.12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none of the name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Aren't you glad for that, though? That God's given us His Word. It's an important book. And it's important because of the information it gives in regards to salvation. Now, I trust that you know the Lord Jesus Christ tonight as your Savior. There may be someone here that doesn't, doesn't, does not know for sure where you'll spend eternity. You know what? Today's the day. Today's the day. You can take the opportunity to call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Praise the Lord for the Bible and the important resource that it is and the information, the important information that it gives in regards to salvation. But it doesn't stop there. The, the context of this, uh, this passage is, is very helpful. And leading up to this, it also tells about the important information that it gives in regards to suffering, to suffering. Look back in uh, verse 12. It says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Now, you see, when they talk about how to be saved and that the Bible tells us the important information about salvation, that's an amen, all right, praise God. But when it starts to talk about, wait, wait a minute now, if we're all going to suffer, whew, I'm not so sure if I like that. Huh? Are you with me? Well, sure, we don't necessarily, we kind of shrink back or cringe at the idea of suffering. But God says that it is a reality for the Christian. Just because we trust Christ as our Savior doesn't end all suffering. It doesn't end all the problems that we will face. I'm so thankful, though, that the Lord Jesus is with us through those things, isn't he? And there is suffering involved. When, James 1, 2 says, when ye fall into diverse temptations, not if. Not you might, but it's when you fall into diverse temptations. It's going to be uh, a part of our life. Turn back just a bit to First uh, Peter. First Peter. We were talking about the, the Bible and the emphasis of the Bible and, and preaching and, and teaching this morning in our Sunday school class. And I, I tend to include a lot of scriptures as, as we often we often do here, and and uh, because I rely completely on what the God God says and. And I'm not a very smart guy, but uh, I do know that God, what God says is important, so that's why we need to include it. 
and include lots of it. First Peter 3, now if I was Dr. Comfort from Ambassador, I'd just quote it, but uh, you guys ever heard, some of you have heard him preach, right? And over and over and over again, he just quotes these verses. I can't do that, but First Peter 3, verses 14 and 15 says, But, and if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, the Bible says, Happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. And then down in verse 17, For it is better if the will of God be so, that ye suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. Boy, those are, those are striking verses, aren't they? There's the fact that we will suffer. And the Bible gives us exactly how we're to respond to that suffering. That would be, that would be happy about it? <laughs> Ooh, oh me. In the guaranteed times of suffering, the Bible, what we know is so, is so important. And Satan, the father of lies, the Bible calls him, will try to deceive us into believing a lie and deception in regards to why we're suffering or what God is doing to us and draw us away from the truth. But he says, you know what? The Bible just tells us the Bible's important. It gives us important information regarding our salvation and regarding suffering in our life. The scriptures are also give us important information in verse 13 regarding seducers is the word that's used, evil men. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And it's interesting, this word seducers is, uh, is to, the, the base word or the root word in, in the original is to wail or to howl. It's to speak loudly. It's a loud message that is contrary to the truth. It's luring you. You and I away from known truth. And uh, that's what is happening. And we, again, in our, our Sunday school class, a great group, because they're my, my relatives, most of them. But uh, I have to say that. You can pay me after. Okay. But um, we get to discussing some of these things. And you know, there are false messages out there today, in fundamental circles even that are going extra-biblical. They're going beyond what the Bible says, or they're taking something and running with it, and, it's, and it goes to error. We need to be careful of seducers. Just because they stand up behind a pulpit, and they say it, and they say it loud and long, doesn't make it right. That's why we have the Bible, to keep us right. We need to be so uh, careful of that. Or remind of 2 Corinthians 10.5 where it says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself from the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And it is so important to do that. What we know already, what you know about God will guide us and help us. So it's one of the things that we learned in, in preaching classes in, in, in Bible college. And, and uh, was when you go to a passage and you're starting to outline a passage, and that's uh, expository preaching is what, what I, I learned and was taught and what I enjoy. And breaking down the passage and making an outline and, and delivering that, that message. But one of the things is, is to take, and, take the truth and, and make your points out of what you already know about God in it. Another uh, pa pastor, was he? he was a pastor and he was also a teacher, and a, uh, a professor, and ambassador, Dr. Uh, Ernest Childs. Uh, he would say this, if you're struggling with a passage, put Jesus in there. <laughs> 
and it will clear it all up. And I like that. That was good advice. But you just take the truth of what we know about God already and don't let anybody take you away from that. And if they come with, with some new truth or something that is outside of the Bible, you go back to the Bible and it will keep us straight. It's important information in regards to seducers. The message is from the CDC and CNN and MSNBC and even Dr. Fauci, believe it or not, might lead you away from what you already know. God hasn't forsaken us. And God is still involved and interested in us. And we need to follow what the Bible says. So the scripture is important information. In regards to our salvation, our suffering, even with seducers. And I think it's also here, verse 14, it's important information for stability. For stability. Verse 14 says, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom Thou hast learned them. Now, that very much goes together with verse 13, the seducers, but it also in regards to this with stability. Who or what do we listen to? I was uh, reminded of Psalm 1 that says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. That's right. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate, what? Day and night. But it also describes when we do that, we shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And see, that, that to me is a visual I can work with, right? We've seen, and I, there was uh, times when I, we lived down in North Carolina for five years, as many of you know, and uh, there would be, there, was, there were times where we, we actually experienced two summers in five years where it was severe drought, severe drought, dried up. I mean, it was hot and dry. We wouldn't have rain for not only weeks, but months uh, at a time during those two, th those two particular years. And trees, whole grown big, great big trees, oaks, many of them, and they have a particular uh, strain of oak down there called water oaks. And their, their name kind of indicates their need, right? They need water. Well, every tree does, I guess. But these did in particular because their roots were shallow. They didn't go down even deep in the ground. And they would actually, whole mature, great big oak trees dried up. But you could always tell the ones that were near a water source. Because they were green, and they remained, and they were productive, and they lasted through the drought. You see? That's what the Bible's talking about in regards to our need of the scriptures and the important information. It will sustain us. It'll keep us through the droughts. And we face them, don't we? Times where we need to know the great promises of Almighty God. When we wonder when difficulty comes in our life financially, right? Well, probably I'm not speaking to anybody here that understands that. But, but uh, you know, that we've had maybe some financial struggles. All right, maybe not. But anyway, I have, all right? And uh, there, there's been times where I have needed the promises of Almighty God that says, you know what? I will supply your need. I was young, and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Amen. Right? You can amen the old part anyway, if nothing else. 
But we know, and we have to keep those great promises, in fact, in our minds, in our hearts, and use them to guide us through the dry times. The dry times. We know that when times where it seems like our world is caving in and, and there's uh, problems on every side, and we don't know exactly how to approach or what to do, we know that we can make it and will make it because it's my God that will strengthen me. And it will bring us through. We know all of these things. We need to keep them in our hearts, in our minds. The Bible is important information. It's important information in regards to our salvation, our suffering with seducers, and gives us stability, stability in life. Well, that would be enough for us, wouldn't it? But I still have time left, so let's keep going. The Bible is important because of the information it gives. Well, we come to this interesting verse. I don't want to park here necessarily, but uh, I want to just mention, hopefully we all understand that the Bible is important because of inspiration. Because of inspiration. And it says that all Scripture is given, and the word there is inspiration, right? And we draw it right out of the text. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's God-breathed. These are God's words to us. And I'm thankful for that. And I have to wonder if it's true or right. I just know that God has given it, so it's always true and right. And since it's by inspiration, and it's what makes it the source, of a reliable source of information based on that. It's God's words. And this word, this word inspiration is literally it's the idea that he breathed it out through the, writers of, uh, through the writers of Scripture onto the pages of our Bibles that we hold today. And I, I, I could get it, really develop this further, but I think, that it's, I think it is summarized with this statement, that we have the very words of God. What God wants us to know and have, we have it right here. We don't have to doubt that. And uh, God wrote it down for us. You know, he could have told us and did tell verbally in some of the instances in, in, in uh, Bible history or in Christian, uh, Christian history, uh, but, uh, you know, where he spoke audibly. But, you know, I, if somebody says something to me, I'm very likely to forget it if you just tell me it. But God knew that about us, so he wrote it down. And that doesn't mean I can't misplace it or I will forget, but I can always go back, right, and say, okay, what, is God, what has God said? The inspiration of the written word of God is a very important thing. And it really is very, very helpful to keep that and to understand that doesn't change. His word is, is, is eternal. And we have the words of God written down to us. Let's turn over. I alluded to 2 Peter 1.19 uh, a bit ago. But let's turn over there just for a moment and see it again in Scripture. What he says. 2 Peter chapter 1. We've mentioned verse 19, but we'll repeat it here. It says, We have also a more sure word of prophecy... Whereunto ye do well that you take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Now, in that, it's interesting because if you read the rest of the verses preceding that, it's Peter that is writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and he is talking about the time when he was on the Mount of Transfiguration, he heard the voice of God. And uh, he says, but, he says, that, that was all well and fine. That's my paraphrase, I guess. But, uh, you know, we have something even more sure than that. He experienced the very presence of God and heard the voice of God. 
But, he says, we have a more sure word of prophecy. And that is what we have before us today. And he says, and he gives the reason for that in verse 20. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. It's, it's not, and he says, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, man, but holy men of God spake, and the word is as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And I, I, I like this point. They, the, that, whole, that word moved means that they were born along or they were controlled or carried by the Holy Spirit of God. And I, you know, I can't say that I understand it completely, but these men, as they, they, God used His word, gave them His words through these men, through their intellect, through their experience, and sometimes out beyond their experience, right? But He gave them His very words and they would write it down, born along. Over in Acts 27, verse 15, it's a totally different context, but they, it talks about when, this is Acts 27, 15, I'll, I'll read what I have here. It says, when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her, the scripture says, let her drive. And in that, in that time, it's when Paul was on his way to Rome, and he was in the, the storm, Eurachlodon, right? And he was, they were going along, they could not, do anything with it. They were caught up in the wind and in the sea. And I tell you, that's a bad spot to be when you're in a boat. But uh, they're being just carried along by the storm. What is, and it, it's basically under the control of the storm. You follow me? You say, well, what does that have to do with Scripture? The let her drive is the same word that Peter, or the Holy Spirit uses, moved where they were moved and borne along, controlled by the Holy Spirit of God, to give us these words of Scripture. Isn't that great? It's a lot better than being in the boat. Sure. So we are given the Holy Scriptures. And uh, the men, God used, uh, used these men to give us His words. We have God's Word. It's important information it's important because of inspiration. And uh, so the media and certainly this world and sinful mankind push an agenda, don't they? But uh, that is contrary to the things of God, opposing views and an opposing purpose. But we today must know the scriptures that bring us to God and teach us, teach us the truth. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Oh, it's healthy. It's a healthy church when you hear the pages of Scripture turning. <laughs> and 1 Corinthians chapter 2. There we go. I hear them better now. Chapter, <laughs> chapter 2, verse 9 to 13. says, But as it is written, Eye hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us by God, which things we also speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. This is God's Word. 
And God has given it to us so that we might know what he wants us to know. And he has given us the scriptures because they're important. They're important in terms of the information it gives, and it's important because of the inspiration it is written under. Number three, it's important because back in our text in 2 Timothy chapter 3, because of, it's important because of the instruction it gives. Because of the instruction it gives. And we see it as we continue in the, the verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. But it also says this, and is what? Profitable. It's profitable. Now, we like profitable things. I think that most of us that have jobs are doing it for the profit that it provides. Amen? Right? We don't work all week thinking, man, I hope I can pay my employer. No, we work all week thinking that maybe our employer is going to pay us. Right? Right? Okay. All right. Good. And, uh, but here, it would be, I think it would be a terrible thing to work all, way, uh, all week and pay back our employer. But anyway, it's also a tragic thing to go all week and not be any further ahead spiritually and not profit from the scriptures. Oh, I tell you, I, I've shared this, and, and most of you know, know my testimony and background anyway, ones that have been here a while, and uh, Peggy and uh, Tim, they were coming into the church tonight, and Peggy was talking about being in this church, and she was three years old. Well, anyway, that's a while, and uh, they, uh, but I haven't been here that long, but uh, <laughs> I haven't been here that long, but I've been around, we've been around for a, for a while as well. But you know, it, it, for me, it was a long time in my younger years, and, and many of you know this, that, you know, I was not growing in the Lord. Matter of fact, I was, on, I was very close to going off on it anyway. It was a bad time. And, uh, but when I got serious about the Word of God, that's when you start to see change. That, that's really what I, what I want to say. When you get serious about the importance of Scripture, and depending on that in our lives, listen, folks, you'll grow. You'll grow. It's, it's, it's going to happen. It's an automatic thing. You get serious about the Word of God, you'll start to grow as a Christian. And the reason we don't grow is because we don't take it serious. We dabble in it. We know we're supposed to. We should be in the Word of God. We should be communicating with God. But until we, we get down and do it, we're not going to grow. <laughs> And the Bible tells us in 2 Peter 3.18 is a great place of a growing grace. And in the knowledge, right, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There's so many times where we're trying to change or we're, we're, we're trying to, oh, uh, you know what, I just need to pull up myself by my bootstraps. And I don't know where that came from. But anyway, oh, we're trying to adapt. We're trying to do better. You know what we need to know is what God has said and be conformed by the word of God into the image of Christ. We need to know him. And we need to understand what the Bible says about him. Second uh, Timothy right here in chapter 2 verse 15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. It doesn't need to be a Bible college education. What it needs to be is a Christian that sits down with his Bible and reads what God has said. And it's profitable. It says here in the verse what it is profitable for. It says that the Bible gives clear, concise, needed instruction in doctrine. 
in doctrine. And doctrine is, is just that foundation of truth to which God has told us and has given to us. Foundational truth. Doctrine is unchanging facts. That's what doctrine is. It doesn't change. And now, if there's a new doctrine, stay away from it. Can I say that? Well, I just did. So anyway, uh, so he said, if, and many, I, I, and this is what I've found as I've traveled around, so many, and I say there are most churches perhaps in our land today that lack this vital instruction, the systematic teaching of all of Scripture. And that's what we need, to just grow in our knowledge and understanding of what God has said, and that is doctrine. And doctrinal teaching is so, so important. First Peter chapter 3 and verse 15 tells us, but if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the church of God, Oh, I, said, I think I said it wrong. In the, in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of what? Of the truth. You see, that's where we find it. It's in the word of God. So we are, we are given so, so much. God has given it to us, and we, have the, uh, we really need to be in it and reading and understanding for ourselves. The, pro- Bible, the Bible is the source and necessary important information that God has given us for doctrine, foundational truth. But also, it is helpful in its instruction in, in the word I use here, I always outline everything alliterated, but it's uh, the instruction in discipline. It's profitable for reproof, for reproof. In other words, what are you saying? Reproof is, it convicts the wandering of the error. That's the idea of reproof. You know, uh, some of our kids, especially if you ask the older ones, not the younger ones, understand what reproof is. Because the older ones would say, when I was a child, we got punished for that. Or this was different. Or that. I won't get into that. That's another family feud we have going on. But uh, <laughs> persecuted for righteous sakes, is that what it is? Yeah, that's good. But uh, it, is, it is something. But we all understand correction, don't we? For reproof. And it does, it teaches us what is wrong. When we are wrong. That's what the, the Bible is great for that. It shows us and gives us something that we can compare ourselves to, that we can understand, this is where I'm off. And the Bible's good for reproof. Psalm 119, 9 11, I mentioned one this verse earlier too, is wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way. How do you clean it up? It's by taking heed thereto according to thy word. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, Psalm 119, 11. So reproof is discipline. And uh, discipline is why the sinner stays away from the Bible. One statement, you've probably heard this, is that the Bible will either keep you from sin or what? Sin will keep you from the Bible. And uh, so the Bible is so, so important in regards to doctrine and for it's profitable for reproof. Hebrews 4.12 says, for the, Bi- the, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, right? You've gotten pricked by that thing before, haven't you? Sure. Whoa. That's what God is trying to get your attention. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing, either dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Now the joints and marrow is a discerner. The thoughts and intents of the heart. It cuts right through. It cuts to the need. The Bible is good for reproof and for discipline. For doctrine, for discipline. Doctrine, it tells me the truth. Discipline tells me what is wrong in my life. And then also it's Profitable for, for direction, for direction. It directs us to what is right. 
And uh, it says that in the verse, profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. How to make it right. I'm so glad that God doesn't just tell us what's wrong, but doesn't give us a remedy. <laughs> he tells us how to fix it. And he says it brings us for correction, to get us back on track. There's been many times in our lives, right, where we have been off track, and God says, ah, ah, ah. We come back to the Bible, and we see it, and it, and it, and it, clears, it, it clears it up for us. Just recently, on our way down to North Carolina, we were following, I don't know why, but we were following the GPS on my phone. Now, I know my way from Maine to North Carolina. I ought to. We travel that way, but we went down to Donnie and Erica's down in, uh, down in Connecticut. So it kind of takes us off of the known path and further down than I wanted to be, but we stayed the night, spent, you know, visited with them, and then we leave on Monday morning to go from there, Norwich, Connecticut area, down to North Carolina. Well, it tells us, it tells us to take 95. Interstate 95. Monday morning into New York City. And I knew that there was a way out of there. It used to be called the Tappan Sea Bridge. Now it's dedicated to Governor Cuomo. What? That alone was disturbing. But uh, so we're going along down there, and I'm looking for the sign that says Tappan Sea Bridge. And all they're talking about Governor Cuomo Bridge. And I went right by the thing. And before I know it, it starts talking about the George Washington Bridge. Listen, I didn't want to be there. But I couldn't fix it. It was too late. So we went, I think it was because of Galliana. She'd never been in New York City. And she might want to go back with somebody with a better attitude. But um, we kept going. And uh, I was driving, and we went right through. And I says, you want, you pay attention, Galliana. We're going to go right underneath buildings. And uh, we did. And we ended up on the other side. Praise God, hallelujah. And uh, we're down, you know, headed toward Newark, you know, how it is. And then we're finally going to head across, I think, on uh, 76. I, I forget the route. It doesn't matter. All I wanted was out of there. And then there was this one turn. And I got it wrong, didn't I, guys? Yeah, it said whatever, I think it was Interstate 76, was here and there, and I went in the middle. And before I knew it, we were on the docks of Newark. There were, there were container ships and containers for, you know, the shipping containers stacked up higher than a skyscraper. And trailer trucks as far as the eye could see. And I says, we are off track. And we have got to get back on track. There was only one way. I had my phone and it kept saying, go down here and take a left. If I took a left, I was going to end up in the Atlantic Ocean. So I turned around. Did a U-turn, trailer truck, I got right between two trailer trucks. I'm sure they're still not happy with me. But I pulled in and I turned around and I got ourselves out of there. And I couldn't help but think, that's exactly what the Word of God does. When I find myself and you find yourself in a mess, you say, how in the world do I get out of here? You've got to do a U-turn. And you've got to get back to the Bible and find a way to get corrected, get correction. And then, not only does it do that, it gives us, it gives us direction, but it also gives us, uh, guides us in our decisions, doesn't it? It's instruction in doctrine, in discipline, in direction, and decisions. It tells us what is wrong, 
It tells us how to get it right and the decisions to stay right, to stay right. And uh, to, that's instruction, as the, as the verse says, instruction in righteousness. God hasn't left us on our own. He's given us what, the right things, what God has said. He's given us his word so that we might know what is right in the very heart and mind of God. And the Bible is so, so necessary, isn't it? It's, it's needful. It's necessary to all of us. It's important information. It's important in regards to inspiration. It's important in its instruction. And last of all, number four, it's important because of the influence or the impact that it has on our life. That's verse 17. That the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. We could be complete. I mean, don't, don't you ladies wish you were married to a perfect guy? I mean, all of you ladies except my wife. Because she already is. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, obviously. <laughs> or you guys, don't you wish you were married to the perfect woman? Amen. Good answer, Dave. But it's true, isn't it? We can be perfect. You know, isn't it something? We always want to take the Bible or take some truth to make somebody else perfect. But you know what? We find that it's, it's up to us in the Word of God to make God to change me, change me, so that I may be perfect or complete, truly furnished. So in, we lived in Nova Scotia there for those uh, years, uh, 10 years, it went, and it went by some days very quickly, other days very slowly. But one of the, when we first moved there, we lived in a, in a parsonage that was provided by the church, and I won't say anything about that, but it's a story in itself. Then uh, we moved out of that house and tore it down. And uh, moved to a place out in the, it's just, it was 10, 15 minutes away from the coast and, and on a mink ranch. And the mink ranch owner, very gracious people and uh, very helpful to us. And uh, they said, you, you know, we have this house on this mink ranch and you can, you can stay there, you can live there. And uh, it, was a, it was a big house. Was, uh, some, of, some of our family had been there and stuff. Some, and uh, it was five bedrooms and, and a great big place. And, but when we got there, and it was amazing because it was, it was completely furnished. It was like somebody lived there, but nobody did. It, it, was, it had all the furniture, the beds, plates and dishes in the cupboards, uh, you know, even kitchen appliances and, and a little, all, all, everything. It was all there. And uh, we moved in and said, but what do we do with our stuff? You know, I mean, and it was just completely furnished. Everything we need, needed. Now, we ended up in that story, I'll just uh, end it. We did put some of that stuff away and used ours, you know. But it was interesting anyway. But I find that the Bible is exactly that. We can be completely furnished. That's what it says, truly furnished unto all good works. Have everything we need. To live the life that God has for us as his children. That's just one of the things that the Bible does, right? It completely outfits us so that we're ready for war. <laughs> we're ready for the life. Ready to live for Jesus Christ. Oh, the Bible's an important book. The Bible's an important book. Are you in the Bible? Are you using the Bible in these crazy days? These uncertain times, not knowing exactly what's going to happen? how we're going to pay the gas bill, how we're going to pay this or that or do this or live for Christ, let's just come back to the Bible. God's given us 
what we need to know to guide our steps and to live our life for Jesus Christ. Let's use it. Let's use it. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much.